Hey everybody, this is Strawn from Commoners Communion. I am coming to you from somewhere a little bit different today. My uh, town has been in lockdown and my home is filled with rambunctious, beautiful little boys. So I am sitting in my cabin by the beach, looking out the window at the waves lapping the shore. But you might hear all of the plywood in my room and my voice bouncing off all of that uh, today and maybe in future a couple of podcasts. So I thought I'd warn you. Uh, welcome to my world. I also wanted to mention that over the coming months, I'm going to be doing a series through my email subscribers for a topic that I'm really passionate about, a topic that's been an integral part of my journey for the last 15 years and a topic that I think is relevant to some of the situation we find ourselves in today. It's not what I would normally talk about, but I do think that you'll hear in it the same heart and intent of Commoners' Communion coming through my desire to make sense of the issue. And the title, the working title for this series is called A More Christ-Like Apocalypse. And what I want to do in this series is release a bunch of sort of single articles over the coming months that talk about how we can hold our vision of the end times in a more Christ-like way, in a way that reflects uh, peace and love and joy, service to the world, a way that lacks fear. And this is because since the 90s, really 80s, 70s, 80s, but in the 90s and 2000s, I kind of grew up in a fundamentalist environment, dispensationalist that was really strong on the end times. And later in my life, had lots of dreams about it. And when I look at the world today, I see a lot of how our eschatology, our views about the end, our understandings about what will happen and who might be involved, are largely shaping our behavior towards others, towards politics, towards policies. Um, And though I'm not going to get into the sort of specifics of some of those things, I do want to try and, I guess, share a new vision for how we can hold eschatology in a way that is unifying, that is life-giving, that deepens and matures the church, uh, and that offers us some kind of practical, relevant first steps in healing our world today. So if you want to be part of that dialogue with me, head to commonerscommunion.com. Go down to the bottom of the page. You'll see a little box there where you can sign up through your email. And I'd encourage you to do that. I'm only going to release it to my email subscribers. It's going to have a lot of my story in it. Uh, and I'm going to cover things like, you know, the early church history, Rome, uh, a theology of the end, some cultural stuff, my personal testimony, how I think it applies to our current situation, and ultimately a vision for what I think uh, a renewed passion and focus on eschatology in the church today can do for our present circumstances. So sign up to my email list through the website, and uh, I'm hoping to release the first article this week on Friday, New Zealand time. So awesome. Without further ado, here's today's episode. I'm Strawn from Commoners Communion. I'm a writer and a musician from Aotearoa, New Zealand. This is a prayer and poem from my book, Prayer Volume 2. 
grow old with God is to look back with gratitude and a small ache. Remembering that he never disappeared in critical moments. Old friends carry these things together, unspoken. Father, help us grow into old friends. In the prayer book, this little poem and prayer is right beside a a second smaller one that says this. I've clung to you, God, with a little more than a thread through many hard seasons, and I will never forget it. There's something um, unusual or unexpected about following Jesus over a lifetime, and I'm still young, so... I don't actually know what it's like to follow Jesus for more than 15, 20 years, but what I have in my short experience of walking with God come to understand is that time in itself and walking with God over a period of time is one of the biggest contributors to intimacy. And this makes a lot of sense because we don't naturally form incredibly close, deep, intimate, vulnerable bonds with people out of one experience with them. Uh, The deepest relationships we have are the relationships that we've wrestled with and that we've kind of argued with and been through things together. And that's why I think you look back in wartime and other periods of great trial and you see that communities actually bound together in a really unique and powerful way. Um, Because they were forced to, they were forced to in some ways suffer together or be afraid together and overcome together. And that forms an incredible bond. And it's much the same with our faith with God. I think back to the years when I was the most sick, sort of five or six years ago, and I was in my late 20s, so maybe it was more than that, uh, more than those many years ago. I was in my late 20s, and I was already trying to make sense of my faith. I'd sort of come through this Pentecostalism in my early 20s, and all of these visions and dreams and experiences of God that were magnificent. And in my 20s, it felt like lots of that disappeared. And it wasn't because I wasn't seeking God or because I changed my theology. It just for some reason, there was this lack of all of those things. And of course, as you grow older, life becomes more complicated and the questions you ask God become more demanding. And so in that space, I started to get sick and lose sight of some of the promises that I believed that Christ had offered me. And I look back on that time and I see a lot of pain and anguish. I see a lot of wrestling and a lot of silence from God for so years of asking God to make sense of a situation that in many ways he never did, he never spoke to, and I've talked about this before multiply on this podcast. And it wasn't until I came through the other side of that that I started to realize the friendship that had grown, which sounds really counterintuitive. But I think something we don't talk about enough in the church is what what the result of sticking to God through the rough patches of our relationship with him can do for us. And what I mean by that is what's sticking to God when we don't trust him, when we're afraid or feel abandoned, 
when it makes no sense or we're not experiencing him. What's sticking to God through those things, whether existential or physical, mental, spiritual or whatever, how those things form the deep friendships of old friends and how establishing a lifetime of old friendship with God is one of the greatest invitations of the Christian disciple. lots of theories and ideas about how this works out spiritually. And I think in some ways, the best example for me in scripture is looking at the Apostle John and reading the New Testament and the epistles of the New Testament, you know, the Gospels and the epistles, keeping in mind that John was the oldest person to write the epistle. The the, the books of John were some of the latest written, if not the latest written in the New Testament. And just to notice the softness in his voice and the focus of his writing on love in contrast to, say, the book of James, who many think is one of the earlier books of the New Testament, which is quite harsh and um, sort of proverbial and, and straight shooting. And John was always noticed as the apostle that Jesus loved or the apostle of love. But I think what, you, what I read, at least, in John's writing is a spaciousness and a tenderness and affection that has come through him living through the persecution of the early church, the spits and spats between Peter and Paul and Paul and Mark and all of those things that go on in the book of Acts. He's lived through that. He's lived through realizing that the kingdom of heaven was not going to come in his lifetime. He walked through watching friends die and suffer, even martyred, probably himself questioning where Jesus was, making sense of the early church, understanding Jesus' theology in the context of a long life. And remembering all of that about John and reading his books, you can't help but feel that there is a beauty innate in his life and in his being that has come from becoming an old friend of God. The mystics talk about a journey toward union with God. And I love this journey because to me it makes so much sense. It's the journey of illumination, purgation, and union. In other words, when we first come to Christ and God, we have this illumination. Our world has changed and transformed. We have a revelation of God, this experience. And that's wonderful. Um, But after that illumination comes a purging, and that purging is, it's not a judgment. It's not a neglect. It's God helping us to remove the things that inhibit us from our relationship with Him. He's purging us of the things we can't purge ourselves of. Uh, Sometimes this comes in the form of a dark night of the soul. Sometimes it's just a period of repentance and, and various things. But the purgation often feels like distance from God or struggle with God or for God or toward God or from God. And it can feel like God is pulling away. But actually, he's inviting us to become a deeper kind of friend with him because on the other side of that purgation is what the mystics call union. And union is this greater, deeper love 
this old friendship, this sense of continuous communion with God that is greater than our feelings, emotional experiences, the questions and our, our kind of theoretical structures. And when I think about a life lived in Jesus, I think about a people who absolutely necessarily need to go through a period of struggle. And this is true of every relationship. The greatest and strongest relationships are the ones who are able to stick together, forgiving one another, being honest with each other, learning to see each other for who they really are, and hear the opposing opinion that they thought was ridiculous that actually had a lot of humanity and truth in it. Working through those things makes us stronger. Those are the strongest friendships, the strongest siblings, the strongest marriages. But it comes at a cost. The cost of stubborn-mindedly sticking with each other through the hard times. I think to grow old with God is a magnificent life ambition. And just as the same as growing old anyway comes with its own experiences and trials and crises and difficulties, so it's going to be with God. What if our generation, what if as a people and as a bride, we decided to endure through the suffering of questioning the experiences we face with church, with health, with theology, with our experience of other Christians in the world, with, with our frustration and disappointments? What if we became a generation that endured through those things to soften up like the Apostle John? to grow in empathy and kindness, to see those years of God's silence, not as his his rejection or absence, but as his friendship developing disposition toward us. Because when I look back on those difficult seasons of my life, and there were many times during those seasons I wanted to give up on expecting God to speak again or to fix things or to love in a way that I could understand or to have revelation, there was Plenty of times. But when I look back at that stubborn-minded, I have nowhere else to go, just like the disciples that said, uh, when Jesus said to them, are you going to leave me too? And they said, Jesus, where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. I'm glad that like the disciples in those seasons, I listened to that seed of undeniable desire in me that knew that God was there and that he was good. And I stubborn-mindedly stuck at it because it was those seasons that brought me into a greater time of union with God. And the mystics would say that we go through this illumination, purgation, union cycle plenty of times in our lives. It's not as simple as just being there, done that, now I can move on. And so in the daily experiences, yearly experiences, decades and seasonal times of our life, We're going to go through these moments of purgation. We're going to feel like leaving. But I encourage you to see your faith as an opportunity to become an old friend with God and to see those trials as divine opportunity.
grow old with God is to look back with gratitude and a small ache, remembering that he never disappeared in critical moments. Old friends carry these things together, unspoken. Father, help us to grow into old friends. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Commoners Communion podcast today. I'm Strawn Coleman. A huge thank you to Jonathan Class for producing this episode. If you like the music you hear, it's from our first collective EP called Lords, L-A-U-D-S. You can find it on Spotify. All the music has been produced, recorded, written, and mixed by Jonathan Class uh, as he wrote according to the words that I kind of spoke. So it's this beautiful synergy of sort of spoken word and devotion and music. If you like the prayers that you hear in these series, you can purchase my books Prayer Volume 1 and Prayer Volume 2 from my online store at commonerscommunion.com. And that's kind of how I'm able to kind of keep doing what I'm doing and fund it. So I really appreciate those who support me in that way. But blessings to you all. Hope you have a great week.